Hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. My name is Zach, I'm your host, and this one we're talking all things Sydney racing. Uh, we've already released a Melbourne episode uh, with myself and Nick. That should be out there if you're keen for a listen for Cox Plate Day. But this one we'll be talking about, I guess, the invitation, Bondi Stakes, and recapping the Everest Day, which was last weekend. Um, if you don't follow us, follow us along, Give Us a Spell pod, uh, pretty much everywhere. And I've got Tom and Kohai with me. Tom at home, Kohai at the pub. I'll say hello to you first, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. I, I just left Kohai at the pub. He was um, looking into a few uh, few schooners. Good to be back. Um, yeah, it's uh, the hustle and bustle there. And Randwick on Saturday was unreal. I know you were there. Kohai went out for a little bit. Um, I was there all day. It was um, good scenes and just good to be back at the races. How are those going down, Coey? They thirst they they going down nice. They never stop going down nice as, as far as my uh, track report goes. I think they're always been delicious. What are you, um, what are you drinking? Talking about the beers, mate. Oh shit! Oh man, in that case, yeah, much much the same, same same. Ditto. Um, Vic- I've got a VB <laughs> Tunners. Victoria's yeah, beautiful. I'm, I'm, as much as we don't like Victoria, I do like a VB. Um, well, we, we were all at Everest Day. I was there sort of gallivanting around, working. Tom was stuck in the truck for 15 hours, and Kohai, you were there for pleasure. Um, pretty good day. Pretty awesome to see crowds back. Um, some some amazing racing. Obviously, Nature Strip got up. I, I won a 50 off Tom because he smashed Musk Crusader by about a head. Um but then Art Cadeau as well winning the Cozzy, Tommy Berry literally just lighting up the crowd after it, which was really cool. Um, how'd you like the day, Tom? Were you just stuck in the truck the whole day or what? Yeah, pretty much, mate. But um, I, I sort of said to a couple of people, like after race two, I was like, man, it feels dead out there. And then Tommy came out and just revved up the crowd. And from then it was just like, just scenes. And it was fantastic. And I think going through my tips, I tipped about seven seconds out of ten, and I literally walked away with a smile on my face because it was just such such good vibes. And even though things like Handle the Truth and uh, Mask Crusader, which I went Skylab and Roots, Roots and yeah, Roots prices, was big odds. Um, it was still just a good day and just good vibes, and like it was good seeing Nature Strip and J Max scenes after, and yeah, as you said, Tommy Berry and. Um, Hart Cadeau for Terry Robinson. It was just, it was just a really good vibe around the day, and um, I think I think everyone was just good to get out again. And it was it was a welcome back to the track, and it was, I just I just think it was the perfect timing for um, the Everest to come to come around just as we've come out of lockdown and the ten thousand there and Sweet Caroline and just yeah, that was going um, the rain held off and everything like that. It was just. It just you could tell there was just that vibe around that people were just happy to get out of the house. Yeah, you had a bunch of seconds. I was lucky enough to. I think I, I tipped half the card, which I was pretty happy with. I tipped warning, which a few other form guys were tipping warning as well. But it ended up jumping at five dollars, which it also just landed me one of the fattest multis too. So I'm a little humble brag. Um, Koe, you had a couple of winners as well. Uh, you were you were pretty strong on Art Cado. Um, you were a Geetra fan in the Everest, mate. Bit bit disappointing. No, yes and no. I had plenty of money on Nature Strip, so that doesn't worry me too much. Um, I thought Geetra just mapped better, but in the end, I, I spoke to you at the track tunnels when Big Parade won the uh, yeah. Sydney Stakes the race before, and I went, that's exactly how Nature Strip needs to run the next race, and it will win. And sure enough, it. I mean, Mask Crusader, yeah, if it got a probably a cleaner passage of run, uh, it probably would have won, but that wasn't to be, and yeah, I mean, Punters rejoice. I think there was some solid money on Nature Strip on the day. So I think the fact yeah. that Nash Nash didn't really push up, and it was a bit odd. I thought from Eduardo to sit like three, three back or whatever. I think I think Nash ended up getting in strife too for whip rule and whatnot. But that must have I helped think every- Nature Strip because he doesn't like getting eyeballed. Well, I mean, he doesn't like getting eyeballed, but at the same time, I think someone had to give way because I mean, with the three leaders, well what was predicted to be the three leaders going hot, red hot at front, someone had to tactically adapt to that. I'm surprised that it actually ended up being Eduardo, but saying that, 
the end, well, I mean, J-Mac at the end of the day ran the perfect race for Nature Strip. And, I mean, we saw the scenes that erupted after it crossed the line by, yeah, like you said, yeah. probably about a head, a long neck or whatever it worked out to be. And It would it have been, was, you're right, Kelly, it would have been really interesting if um, Chris didn't have another runner in the race in home affairs and didn't draw yeah. that gate that does Eduardo sort of challenge Nature Strip and, and run it and or set up for something else or does something else go and take him on? It would have been it would have been really interesting to see if um, if it was a different way. But you, you got to say full credit to Nature Strip because not only he that sustained speed, but as we'll say, Mask Crusader was coming, but he fought him off. He Nature yeah. Strip actually kicked with fifty to go, and that's probably I probably would have been a bit more dirty if Mask Crusader was. Like he was still charging the line, but it wasn't a weak nature strip. He ran out that twelve hundred for sure. So um, like, I think I think was, Tommy's yeah. just got to figure a way, Master Crusade, and not miss the jump. Once again, though, like it's 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 hard for Tommy because he's in the same colours. He had the you know the the grey bloke that did exactly the same thing more or less, and he's got another bloke that's exactly in terms of racing type. It's exactly the same back marker. Ridden cold, and as long as it breaks clean, you know he's got every chance. But at, when when you got fifteen million dollars at stake, you just go, oh shit! Well, it, there's a lot of what ifs that come into play, right? Like Nature Strip runs its race early, and if it can hold them out, it holds them out. And it, I guess, more or less won it from the four hundred meters onwards. Uh, once Eduardo kind of backed off the speed a little bit. Um, I think that at that point, everyone was like, all right, well, that's that's something a little bit different. We didn't see that happening, but it's happening. And then Mask Crusana, it was always going to be the case. It's going to be stone motherless last. Great ride from Tommy. To cut. Oh, yeah, it was a great steer. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, like, I think we, we did touch on it last week, just saying if it, if it can jump cleanly and if it can be a little bit closer to the, the pack, it, it has every right to win. And, I mean, I guess that just – the it was the grand final and that's kind of how it prevailed in the end. If it was that one length closer coming into the turn, what could have been, we don't know. Yeah. You know. It was a pretty um, it was a pretty good payday for Mr. Waller. So Waller obviously trained Nature Strip and then owned the slot with Nature Strip as well. Tab had Nature Strip slot last year, so they're going to be spewing. But Tab obviously pretty happy with – um, lost and running, running fourth. So that was pretty impressive, I thought, from um good ride from Huey um, to just pip Classic Legend late. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, Walla owns it with a couple other guys, that slot. But, yeah, he would have taken away a fair bit. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if lost and running isn't in the tab slot again next year and looking to take it out. Yeah, oh, Nature Strip was um, pretty impressive. Obviously, like you mentioned just before, Tommy, that Art Cadeau and Terry Robinson, big win for them. Money just came for uh, Art Cadeau that day. Obviously, Handle the Truth looked very unlucky right at the end, but Tommy rode it a peach and got it home. Yeah, well, it wasn't just on the day, Zach. I heard Munzee saying that just every day there was just constant money for... Art Cadeau and just I think you could even get $9 early in the week and, and it was just chipping away then, chipping away the next day, chipping away all the way up to jump and saw it jump favourite. Again, I was on Howl of the Truth and Nash found his way to the lead at the top of the straight and Nataraja took out a, a bit of the field, which uh, a few trainers would have been upset by. But yeah, um, I thought Handle the Truth was going to get there, but Art Cadeau, full credit to it. it he's the only horse... His last two starts, he's won a country championship and a um, Kosciuszko. So who knows? This horse can maybe even get to um, get to some group enlisted level because he's done pretty well. And Tommy rode his brother for a win in the highway the week before, and he's on it again this week. So yeah, good good to see and um, good to see Tommy in that connection. We spoke to him a few weeks ago, and he was so confident that this horse could do do it first up, and he he's put in the hard work with the trial and everything. So. Yeah, he was pretty confident. Um, no, good wasn't for he? Terry. Yeah, good for Terry and good for Tommy. He was real confident. So, yeah, it was good. Obviously, um, before we kick off the preview, um, incentivize. Obviously, we all watched it on the weekend. Uh, Barrier twenty, no dramas, was it? Huge, absolutely enormous, huge. enormous. 
think yeah. Carl, I think I watched um, it with you, Coe, didn't I? And like that just took the piss, didn't it? It was just unbelievable. Like I mean, at the six, I think everyone was kind of thinking the same thing when it started to try and get out six hundred out three wide, no cover, and we're like, oh shit, it's gone early. What what's it trying to do? Like I mean, there's still six hundred meters to go, and then at the point of the turn, you go. Shit, it, it, this thing's going to get rolled. And then it is such a tough horse, that thing. Like, he just, I, he just knew how much was underneath him. I think Preble's riding pretty well. He just knew how much engine he had underneath. Yeah, absolutely brained them in the end. You go, well, it's it's not often we see runners like this in Australia being locally bred and everything else and going to the Melbourne Cup as a – what, what I don't even know what it is now. 220 favourite? 230 favourite? Yeah, it's about 230, yeah. Like, unbelievable. Like, that is one tough performance. And, you know, they've got a, what, two-and-a-half-week gap in between runs. And I have no doubt that it'll – like, how – we've spoken this at work a few times. We're like, how often do you, you – not in our time anyway, have we backed a horse – because everyone does a quaddy on Melbourne Cup Day, it's going to be a standout almost. We're yeah. going to just literally have one runner in the. I mean, well, it's unbelievable. I'll go to you both here. We were, I was having a meeting today with some of the guys at Tab, and we were saying if you had to have a huge bet or whatever, would you rather take the field at even money or take incentivized at even money? A majority of them said take incentivized at even money. I think it's a fair call. I <laughs> genuinely do. Like it's, it's not many horses in our lifetime will go. Yeah, just do it. Like Winks was one of them, and probably one of the only few in the last 30, 40 years, even that you just go. Yeah, just do it. Like you got nothing to lose. I think everything to gain. And. It almost feels like incentivize is the same kind of commodity. It's bizarre. Yeah, it was bloody impressive. Um, I will say though, it's it's got to take it's he's still got to win it, and it it is a massive ask because um, only I think only two horses in the last twenty five years have carried that weight to to win a Melbourne Cup. And don't get me wrong, he looks like he'll eat up the distance. That he looked incredible at the Caulfield Cup, and he should eat up the distance. But I think there's only yeah two two in the last um, twenty five years that have. Have done it with that weight, and it was like Might and Power and Maccabi Diva or something like that. Two absolute champs. So he's still going to have to be really good because he's going to have a, a lot of people chasing him. But if anyone can do it, by the looks of it, he he should eat it up. Um, yeah, he's in. Um, he's actually in far lap territory. We put a we put a press release out during the week, and he's pretty much. I think only Farlap has started shorter than incentivizers price in the Melbourne Cup when uh, Farlap was $1.73 in 1930 when he won. Uh, and then he finished third paying two bucks. So pretty, um, pretty impressive company there for incentivize. So it's nearly a hundred years ago that something was like that. Um, all right, we'll, um, we'll head to Ranwick and we go straight to the first. They've still got 10 races here, so 1,000 metres kick things off the Kirkham Plate. Contemporary is the fave for Godolphin, $3.40. Secret Revolution, Tommy Berry's aboard. It's come in just a little bit to 4.80. Then we go to Snit Cat, 9 bucks. Queen of the Ball, 10 bucks, and the rest is more double figures. Tom, do you know anything about this first race? Yeah, we don't know a lot too much, Zach, with um, a lot of these uh, runners having their first start. There's a lot of Godolphin runners too. I think we've got five in there. Uh, Bjorn's things had a win at the trials, this secret revolution. As he said, Tommy Perry uh, win at the trials. A couple of them have shown a bit. Um, Gary Portelli's as well. Uh, I think the easiest way to do this is you just got to back the horse that's had the run so much, uh, so often you just see any horse that's had a run in this, um, in these races, have the bit of experience on race day and just do so well. So I think contemporary is a good bet. Um, it was a short favourite and still came second in Melbourne on debut, but I think um, he'll learn a lot from that run. He'll have a few more good often. Horses beside him, he's been in the trials but again since as well. So I think he'll be really ready to go here and they'll be looking to um, – we're going to show off their early credential two-year-olds, uh, um, Godolphin. So give me contemporary. 
Uh, I can't take anything else um, with real confidence. Nah, not much confidence. Koei, you go the starter as well? It, it's, once again, it's so much unknown in this race, so it makes everything a lot tougher. And the money's obviously come for the Godolphin Blue, but saying that, the, I guess the real question mark for me in this race is that Tommy Berry rode contemporary in the trial, the latest trial, and jumped off it. So that makes me think, Otherwise, I guess he, he's jumped on Secret Revolution and that's well found in the market as well. So just for that factor, I mean, I think Tommy's going to have an absolute fat day come Saturday with a, quite a few jocks going down south. So I wouldn't mind specking Secret Revolution right now. But saying that, I guess another runner to keep an eye out for. Shervo, interesting. It tried with older horses um, with, you know, a short margin last trial. I can take that with decent time as well. Uh, and the other good old Ojai, well, however you pronounce it, with Timmy Clark on board, 13 bucks at the moment. Uh, had a really strong time over 850 metres at Randwick. So it can handle the track, run decent time. Yes, it's only a trial and it's only a baby, but a lot of these times, I mean, won't, I reckon a lot of this will depend on how the market will push come race day. Yeah, uh, I do. I do see a lot of them coming in or out. Yeah, so, money talks in these. Yeah, money talks in this kind of race. Five Godolphins, as Tommy said. I mean, if and Godolphin now being kind of like a real betting stable, uh, if a lot of money do come for the other runners, keep an eye on that because those moves. It's not like a cheeky ten buck bet that we might do. It's it's thousands upon thousands. So you know. Keep an eye on that, but I wouldn't mind specking Secret Revolution with Tommy jumping off the favourite. All right, we go to the highway and talk about money talks. This is going to be interesting. This is $6 the field. We've got two equal favourites up top in Foodie King, 8 bucks into 6 and Freedom Square, uh, 440 out to 6 Then we got Watts in, which is going around again for Murphin and Jay Collett. That's six fifty. dollars uh, I, I think we all backed it last start and it missed the start and was shock and watch. Um, so say you was going around again at six fifty. dollars Lord DeCenimo is... On the drift, um, after winning um, a couple of weeks ago at uh, Randwick, so that's out to seven fifty, and then a little bit of money for Kitzabel, uh, Tim Clark, eleven into eight. Tom, tough one. Yeah, I would just say um, we're out eight meters, and um, they're not getting the rain that they did think they would. So I reckon um, as long as there's no rain overnight, they might water it a little bit tomorrow. But I think we should be on a relatively hard deck and rail, rail eight. Out eight metres, which might tend to favour some of the on-pace runners. And um, I just don't think – I'm a big Watson fan, and as you said, we all backed it last start. Call it on in a highway as well as a big plus, but I think there's a fair bit of speed here, and um, he might just be – especially if he gets into as much trouble as he did last time, he might he might need a lot of luck to go for him. So I think I've got to step away from it. I've got to look at um, – Lord DeSemino, uh, Tommy Berry wrote it so well two starts ago, the half to Art Cadeau and, and he won Art Cadeau last week. So I think he'll be right in there. Foodie King has been backed as well. It's um, impressed in a few highways. But the one I've got to be with is Kids Buell. I think it, it's um, in its handful of runs so far. It's had 12 runs and um, it sort of got to – they got to the bottom of this horse last prep, finding um, – a couple of wins around that 2,000 metre mark, and we're at this 1,800 week. I think it suits it. Timmy Clark on as well. I think he goes straight to the front, and he keep he can keep going as long as they've got this horse right. And Tim Donnelly's a, a masterful trainer as well. He, um, I think he wins this race, uh, and I think the price eight dollars is really good. So um, give me um, Kitzabel. Kitzbühel. Kowie. Uh, I think. I'm just only having a stab. I think Terry Robinson's going to make it a trifecta of wins over the last three weekends. I just think that So Say You and Lord DeSanimo appear to be... I mean, it, it actually surprised me it's six bucks the field. Uh, I think... Obviously, I'm guessing there's not hasn't been too much money going into the market there being a highway. and there's a, But I imagine both of them probably come in on the day. That's only a guess, but... Like Foodie King being favoured, that's kind of a little bit of a surprise for mine. I mean, two starts back, yeah, it got a win, but 
last start was a little bit disappointing. And I mean, I'm sure it will improve off the back of that. But the Terry Robinson is absolutely low flying. Like he doesn't send horses up the highway because it needs a run. It, it he wants to win these things, and I I think both of those horses have every chance to. And um, saying that, I think so. Say you. It gets a better draw this time around. Last time it was 16, drawn the car park. This time around in seven. I know Tommy jumps off, which is a bit of a gear change, but you get Brock Ryan with a two kilo claim that jumps on. So it's going to be carrying 53 on the day. Enormous. Um, and then Lord DeSanimo, it gets a worse barrier than last start. I'm not sure where it's going to sit in the map, to be absolutely honest with you. I think, it might be worse of midfield and it might, it might be three wide. I don't know. It might get trapped a little bit. I'm actually not sure. Um, Brother Bassey is an interesting one. What's in? We've spoken about it. But for me, like, I, I just think the two Terry Robinson runners are just back and I, with a little bit of confidence as well. All right, get on Terry Robinson. Um, Brian Crowley is race number three, 1,200 metres, and Shorty and Abel Willie for Waller and McAvoy. 2.30 already into two barks. Mazu for the Snowdens is six with Clipperton aboard. Zarastro, or Zarastro, Glyn Schofield's back, 6.50 on a little bit of a drift, and then we go straight out to double figures with O President, Battleton, and War Eternal. Uh, Tommy, I'm, a, I'm pretty keen on this. Abel Willie, are you? I don't know about two dollars. It was pretty impressive on its debut, um, but it's it's stepping up to lesser grade from a midweek Kensington meeting. So, um, I, yeah, it was really it was really um, bullish. And Waller obviously has got McAvoy on, and he's going to be hard to beat. Those great autumn sun colours as well. Be um, he'll be ready to show him off at listed company. But I think there's some good horses in this. Mazu, I president was meant to run in a Golden Slipper. Uh, even that Zarastro's uh, only run was really good. The one I want to say is, and again, and I, I know I've sort of barked on about like um, the old man breeding it and having a bit of a share in it, but I think the price of $23 is a bit ridiculous. Uh, $4.40 the place is a fantastic price. You look at its first up, uh, you look at its first up prep, it uh, rounded up the field at Gosford, uh, some good, good horses in that field as well, and then ran second to, Paul Ailey in a kindergarten, and that eighth um, at Gosford was just just came to the end of his prep. He's had two solid trials, one behind Art Cadeau, and then another one since. This horse is way over the odds. Maybe a Quinella with Abel Willie, um, but I think four forty a place is a great price. Um, and again, for me, is the play here. But we might this Abel Willie might be something special. We'll just see on Saturday. Coe, are you going away from the fave? I think it's rightfully the fave because it did win in decent fashion last start and it's only start. But two bucks, that I can't take. That's the problem. I I, I do imagine that if there isn't any scratchings on the day, I, I imagine this drifts out a little bit. I think everything else closes up. And Tommy's right. And again, I think 23 bucks is ridiculous. I think just the fact that it's got proven form and it's been drifted out with literally no weight on its back to be twenty three dollars and four forty. If you're like, if you're a place better, I mean that's that's a great bet. Um, saying that, I think yeah, I mean there's there's a few horses that hold merit in this. Mazu, interesting six bucks, gonna be fourth up into this. I don't mind it, but saying that, I think O Presidents where where I'm kind of umming and ahhing. I think. The fact that it's drawn one, yes, it's going to be carrying a lot more. Oh, it's not a lot more weight. It's carrying 59. It's a three-kilo difference to the next competitor in Mazu. But T-Berry on board, the fact that it's drawn one, it'll be ridden positively. Uh, Forgive the last start. I think the second up, I mean, I think it's had one second up run and it won that. So take that for granted. But I think 10 bucks opposed to the two bucks that Abel Willie is. I'd be touching a little bit more on that uh, on the day anyway, and I'd anticipate it closes in. Okay. 
Well, President, all right, Midway is air to air. Um, Alicia Collett wrote a double, I think, today. She's been um, absolutely smashed, $8 into three eighty already. So that has had a fair whack. Um, Pandora Blue is at six fifty. come in, undeniable, 8 into 7. Media Star Guest is 15 into nine fifty, and then a couple of the other ones have drifted. So there's been quite a few there that have um, been specced in the market, no more so than air-to-air for Coil. Um, obviously coming off a couple of trials, Tommy, it's going to be first up after, whatever, 140 days or so. Yeah, and a few good judges making it a good bet. I mean, you just look at the form, it's... Um it's faced some tough fields. I mean, Scone last prep um, and the Dark Jewel behind Rock O'Clock in a Group 3, uh, behind Sweet Deal in the Hawksby Crown coming third, uh, birthday card behind Seasons, behind Forsyth and the Sapphire. Uh, this would be one of the uh, easiest races this horse should face. And you think if uh, true to form, this horse wins. But in saying that, we've got a couple of good horses in form as well. I think Oxford Tycoon, um, the two claiming jockey, Brock Ryan, gets it down to 60 and a half. I think that helps it. It's run some solid races in some midways already. Undeniable, strung a few good wins together, went up to Eagle Farm and then uh, last start winning at Rose Hill and before that at Wyong, showing some really good uh, form. And Edouard has just been a Again, some quality company, and you wouldn't be surprised uh, if it does really well first up in this field. Coey? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with that air-to-air train as well. This speed map, I mean, it being 1,200 metres, there is I, – I don't even know who's going to lead. I think I guess Little Steiny and Cent- Centro Storico used the lower draws and try to lead, but – there is speed drawn right across the track here. I mean, I know the rail's eight metres and we do kind of think that, you know, there might be a leader bias and I still do think that. But if, if it is surprisingly fair on the day, air to air, I mean, the Tommy's already pretty much nailed it. It's just way down in grade and it running in a midway on every other day of the week, I think this thing brains them. Um It'll probably have the last say. I don't know how far back it's going to go. I think it'll be a little bit more positive than usual. Drawn six. If it goes kind of, I don't know, three back, one out, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I just anticipate this thing just winning just because of the sheer speed that's going to be on from the um, from the go button. So I'd be snapping yeah. up that price and just go for it. Like to have got eight dollars. That would have been nice. Um, I re- agreed. Robrick Lodge, Thomas, uh, handicap race number five, fourteen hundred meters. Emerald Kingdom has been backed uh, for Robert Heathcote, the old uh, Queensland horse. Come down here with Timmy Clark aboard. It's already backed five into three thirty. We got Crea Dearest, uh, another good Olfen runner, uh, staying pretty firm. It's three dollars forty with McAvoy aboard. Exaboom. Apparently, this is actually doing quite well. I've heard Exaboom and Yamazaki. Even Quackerjack is back. Obviously, been um, been drifting in the market, but it's back after two hundred and seventy days or so. Uh, and then we go out to double figures. But uh, who wins the Robrick Lodge, Thomas? Yeah, some, some smart people saying Emerald Kingdom's uh, form is a lot better than people think the Queensland form, but it, it has got a fair bit of weight to crack. Um, the horses like Yamazaki been doing okay, uh, but I think Quackerjack. I really like Quackerjack, despite the betting drift. Um, you're right, it has had a long time off, but the, we've seen the quality it has been against previously. I mean, it, it ran in a wink stakes. Um Last year, it's it's one of Villiers. Uh, it's really cracked it with some of the best of them. And I think this time of year is the, the time Quacker Jack goes really well. And if uh, Mark Newham's got this horse back to um, back to its best, then I think he'll be really tough to beat. His first up form's good. His good track record uh, is great. And I, I think um, from the trials as well, he's had two good trials. One behind Classic Legend and then the last one beating the likes of Easy Campes in Cuba. I, I'm actually, yeah, good fan of this Cracker Jack, but um, Cryderis is another one to mention. But, yeah, there's a few few decent horses, but I, at the price, I'll be with Cracker Jack. You know, Cracker, uh, he's on the, on the drift. I think Yamazaki's a good little one. What do you reckon, Koei? 
I don't disagree with you, Tunnels. I think Yamazaki will be off the pace. So that's probably not a bad bet at all, to be honest. Um, but I, I'm Emerald Kingdom is a good horse. I just don't know, 60 and a half. First time coming down to Sydney. Uh, I have a little bit of question marks, and I think 330s. I know it's a smallish field, being nine horses and whatnot, but I, I just don't know. If it, if it firms even further than right now, yeah, I wouldn't mind putting it in the numbers uh, come Saturday. But at the moment, as it stands, I'm kind of just sit clear and wait. Uh, I think there would be a decent speed battle between Emerald Kingdom, Quackerjack, and Star Spangled Rodeo up front, which probably gives it a little bit of leeway for something that's back of field. I mean, Cry Dearest, that's probably why there's been money for it, and it being 340 second elect. I'm just going to take a gamble here, boys, and I'm just going to go Prime Star. I think it's going to be fifth up into this prep. It's, it hasn't raced in this kind of company, so weaker grade for some time. Uh, it's drawn well enough. It's drawn six. I think it's probably one of the most positive stories to go around. Uh, it, this thing can't. It's luckless when it comes to barrier draws, and the fact that it's in single digits is a big tick. It's going to be probably midfield or a little worse of midfield is my guess. But you've got something like Cry Dearest, which is just going to be our back marker. So I'm willing to take the chance of one being 340 and one being 950. And the 950 speaks more volumes than the 340. So, yeah, I'm just going to take a chance on Prime Star. All right, we go to race six. And this is the benchmark 78 over the mile. Martin Parr is the fave, $4.80. Coming off about three or four wins, too, for Walla. Uh, Shibali, Tommy Berry, six fifty. French Bonnet, uh, Bonnet, I don't know, five fifty out to seven fifty. We got Mayfair Spirit at nine fifty, And a bit of money for Eliza Beal, which is 14, already into 10. Uh, Tommy, what about uh, Martin Parr? Yeah, um... A good win in the midweekers and uh, at Wong before that as well. Uh, bit of form around it. We see we see a few last start winners from midweeks and um, a few other form lines meeting together here. French Bonnet, uh, Shibley strung a few together. I think I think Shibley with Berry on is going to be great. Um, be running really good. It's um, fifty seven and a half, but. Uh, one I don't mind um, at a bit of odds is Sammy. I think coming out of that sea, Silver Eagle, it sort of um, copped the worst of the other Chris Lee's runner, Triple Ace, uh, breaking down and affecting a few other runners. And I, I still don't think he was too far away. Um, we've seen what he can do before that and stringing some really nice wins together. Uh, I think it, it's a little speck at $11. But Chibley, as I was saying, a couple of, couple of really good wins together Wallace saving it for the right race he does so well and Barry on is really good and one uh one of the 26 bucks as well ladies uh lady loves to gamble it had a good uh good first two runs and coming second and then a win um two starts ago uh from Barry one as well Timmy Clark and Bjorn it's um it's got it's probably just a bit over the odds and forgotten about in a race like this with a few last start winners coming together um it at seven dollars a place is a good bet as well. What do you think, Coey? Uh, Tommy's pretty much yeah nailed it. I think uh, Shibley. There's so much speed in this race for a mile. It's kind of surprising. So I don't actually know how this will settle up front. There's quite a fair few leaders and all coming from mid midweek. So into Saturday company also a big question mark. Shibley will probably sit off the speed and. Whether it'll be the last say or, you know, he, he might try and use the low draw and be a little bit more forward. But saying that, I think it will be probably back of midfield, still the way I see it. Sammy, another one, probably off the speed. Probably genuinely a horse that will have the last say. He'll probably be closer to last than Shibley will. So it'll all come down to the speed and how they control the speed. If it's a sit and spread, it'll be... Uh, yeah, give it to the leaders, I'd probably say. But Shibley, 650 Sammy, 11 bucks. I think one that I guess I could spec a little bit on would be Ruby Tuesday. Also comes out of that um, Shibley race. Uh, it was about two and a half lengths off uh, Shibley on that day. But just the fact that it will be up in trip an extra 100, 
I think it will settle better from a bar- better barrier. Um, I see a few upsides on it, but yeah, I, I think it'll be more so the midfield back markers in this race. So I'll be taking a little bit on Shibley and Sammy. All right, we go to race number seven, and that's the Tattlesaws Cup. Uh, Zarek is the fave, $2.40 in a little bit. Cepheus, um for Matty Dunn, five bucks. Kariff ran a pretty good race last start. Um, Nine fifty. We go to Skymax Achiever Hush Rider Savvy Valentino going around again. Um, it's coming off two wins. It came fifth on the weekend, but had two good wins before that too. But um, what do you reckon, Tommy? Are you gonna give us a little spruik for Torrens? Yeah, I'm a big fan, and uh, I do like it off a uh, short back up again. It'll win something like this uh, again, maybe in each wave place. But I think Cepheus, um I really liked it third behind Shared Ambition and Think It Over, like not too far off that great battle, that really tough battle. And then it's been to the trial since, had a nice, nice tick over. And uh, I think it, um, I think it's great. Better five bucks, call it and done together. Um, there's a few others you can spec. Zarak was so good um, in the Metropolitan uh, behind Montefilia. Hushrider's strung a few together. Achiever at Port Macquarie, as run's been pretty good as well. But I think out of out of all, I keep going back to Cepheus. What do you reckon, Coey? Ditto. I think Zarek is way under, so I'd, I'd picture that drifting out. I think people are reading into that form a little too much. And 240, don't touch that. Uh, I'd say it'd be longer odds come the day, so... Yeah, uh, I'm with the Cepheus camp as well. Just the fact that it's got Think It Over form is enough for me to say jump on. Um, one added a little bit more odds would be Cariff, but yeah, I'm with the Cepheus camp as well. All right, Matty, done. All right, we go to the Bondi Stakes, and the interesting thing here is Halal. So Coastwatch originally opened up favourite at 290. It's drifted to 330. Halal was 360. It's into 270. And I can tell you that with Tab, with us... Halal is holding 92% of the money, um, which is fucking insane. Um, Catelli is 650, Royal Zell, nine bucks. Look, take what you will with some of these moves here, but the fact that Halal is holding 92% of coin at the moment, Thursday night, speaks volumes, Tommy. Yeah, mate, it does. And look, don't get me wrong, I was on Coast Watch in the Golden Rose at a big price, and it was disappointing. And then I jumped off and was on. Halal in the Sand Fox, but I, I actually think they're both. They're, I think they're more an even match than people are making them out. I, I think Coast Watch's run in the Golden Rose was huge, and I always thought it was going to be a bit flat after that massive run behind in the Congo and Animo, and um, it, it was it was a really it was a tough track that day, and it was always going to struggle. And I, I think people just had it as a really short price, and I didn't. I didn't think Halal um, had to do much in that Golden Rose, and it was just uh, the fresher of the two horses. Uh, I think if there is a lot of money, and as Zach's saying, all this money for Halal, and they do to shorten it, if you can get a four dollars around for Coast Watch on the day, then I still think Coast Watch, topical tip for the Bondi as well, isn't that far off Halal. Um, I, I've got a much more even than uh, a lot of pe- a lot of other people do. So I know stepping up to the 16 is going to help Halal, but don't get me wrong. I think Coast Watch is right in this with a fight. Topical tip winning the Bondi, but um, I, I don't think it's cut and dry Halal winning. What camp are you in? Probably not cut and dry like Tommy said, but I'm in Halal's camp, boys. Um, I think if you were to – I mean – have a bet anyway. I reckon the Quinella is probably a lock. You could probably back the two of them and just, yeah, just watch them come in for the Quinella. I think they're just two informed horses in a set weights race, which will work very well in my eyes. Um, yeah, you'll probably get three bucks for the Quinella, but I mean, that's split the difference, I guess, rather than picking a winner. Um, I just think the mile's a big tick for Halal. I think the biggest tick actually is having Tommy on board. Um, no offence to K-Mac, but K-Mac hasn't been in the the red-hot form usually in spring as we are so used to seeing. And he's riding, riding a little bit flat at the moment. So just for the the fact that Tommy's jumped on Halal, 
it'll probably appreciate the mile. They've got pretty similar racing patterns. The fact that Halal's drawn a, a little bit inside, it might just get a little bit more cover early and then go bang into the straight. I can see the early moves, 270. It'll probably be around that come race day. Yeah, I'm just in Halal camp, but just back to Quinella. Back to Quinella, okay. Maybe a bit of a bundle, but... Um, the Invitation. So this is the big $2 million race for uh, for the women. In Trevier, the New Zealander, Jamie Richards, is uh, $2.90 favourite. It's had a couple of starts um, since it's come over. Done pretty well. So Tommy Berry's aboard, two ninety Ice bath is going to need it pretty wet, but... Look, like we've said, they predicted rain. We've had not a drop. So we'll have to see if it rains on Friday or Saturday. But at the moment, it's um, looking pretty good. Star Tontes, the Queenslander, Robert Heathcote, 8.50. Vangelic at 10. Tricky Gal. Look, she's won in like pretty multiple multiple conditions and second up as well. So that's $11. And you got Nudge and Sweet Deal as well, Tommy. Yeah, tough race. Tough, tough race. Um, all quality has got to go with this New Zealand horse. Um it, it's done some great things over in New Zealand and coming over in here and uh, did well first up. And I, I didn't think it disgraced itself at all in its last run. In saying that, I, I think I'd be with a Queenslander. Um, 52 kilos for it, Robbie Dolan aboard. I think its run was huge last start um, in the flight stakes. Uh, it was hitting the line really strong. Uh, it doesn't matter where this horse can settle. It can be a bit closer or it can sit off the pace a bit. And I think with um, two noted pace runners in Madam Legend and Vangelic going hammer and tong, you can sort of sit behind them and do pretty well. I, I like the price of 50 for this thing. If um, Madam Legend does get out to an easy lead, though, and Vangelic um, takes a while to cross, uh, I think it could get away with it uh, with Brock on as well. Um, I think it's a good price, Madam Legend, for an each way bet, but... I could make a deal, uh, make a case for a couple of these. I think if track was Eve, um, not out eight, I'd be leaning towards Nudge a bit more. And if Nash was still on Sweet Deal and it drew a gate, I'd be around Sweet Deal because it's literally just coming back and this will be its last race. So you you got to think um, it's it's going to be prime for this race. And John Thompson loves this uh, mare um, who's now in fold, but. Reading everything, I found it really tough. I'd, I'd love to be back in Ice Bath, but as you said, Zach, it probably just needs some um, to sing out of the ground a bit more. But I'm going to be with the Queenslander here, Startantes. Interesting. Um, Coey, you going with a New Zealander? I just I just don't know how. Like, I, I, I think this is going to be a bit more of a sit and sprint. I just got the feeling that Evangelic and Madam Legend are just going to find the front, as everyone predicts, and then just kind of... Yeah, I mean, we'll just steady the tempo right up and then just go bang. And saying that, I don't think that Madame Legend's going to win. I think that's probably expected. Vangelic, I have a little bit more hope for. 10 to 1, not not bad. And I did back him or back her last start where it got clipped by, um, what's that, Crystalese thing again? I can't even remember, but it got clipped in that race and just got taken out of contention big time. So, Vangelic, I'll have a couple of dollars on just for personal reasons. Startantes, like Tommy touched on, it was enormous in that uh, flight stakes. The fact that it's going to be carrying 52 into this is enormous. Like, it's just going to be – it won't know what to do with the extra kilos off her back. So, I could definitely spec that. Uh, one runner that I do want to touch on that probably gets – the run of the race is Tricky Gal. Tricky Gal is drawn one. Uh, it was flying last last run. It almost won, to be absolutely honest. The fact that it's going to be drawn one, you got two leaders like Vangelic and Madam Legend. It'll probably sit – I reckon it'll get box seat. And if it turns into a sit and sprint, it'll be the first horse to pounce. As long as it finds clean air, I can see it just prevailing and 11 to one's really good odds. So I'll be having, I'll be back in a couple because I reckon it's tough. And Entrevier, class, class mayor of the field. But I just think I, I'm still iffy about this field and how it maps and how far back it's going to be. So I'm just going to be steering away from it and just back a little bit on Tricky Gal, a little bit on Vangelic. 
Okay, we go to the last. And so benchmark 88 over 1,200. We go Gravina going around last again. 250 in from 280, uh, coming off a second to Big Parade. Uh, we have Baluchi Babe at 460, Quantico at 750, Marway 11s, Electric Girl, it's been up and down, up and down, now it's $12, Brock Ryan and the Hawks, and we got Kinlock as well at 12s. Uh, what do you reckon, Tommy, uh, Gravina? Yeah, I think so. I think Gravina wasn't too far off Big Parade. Uh, last start and a good run in first up as well. And we've seen what uh, Big Parade's gone on to do since as well. So I think that franks the form a bit. Um, and I think we get a bit of speed with things like Marway and a few others in the race. So I think Ravina is a good one for your quaddies and stuff. I still think Kinlock's first up run was good and there'll be a bit of improvement from it as well. So I think it'll run a good race. And uh, one at odds as well, I think Pandano um, has an each way uh, with Jay Ford on. Uh, once this horse gets fit and running, um, it's it's going to be a really good horse. It was favourite for a country uh, provincial championship final. Um, it's gone back to the trials as well. Uh, I, I think it. I think um, one of these days it's going to win at a good price. So maybe not maybe not on Saturday, but at some point, uh, Pandano. But for me, I'm going to be with a good off in Gravina. Sticking with the fave, Coey. You're damn right, Tennis. Uh, I think. I think the world was on Gravina last start. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, when uh, Leo out of nowhere took out that last race at Randwick, um, it would have done wonders for us as well. Um, but saying that, I think Gravina, it's drawn one. It just needs to just track the leaders, and there's going to be a couple like Tommy mentioned. Volpine's going to probably lead. Uh, the likes of whatever the others, Marway will cross and whatnot. Uh, Quantico, I wouldn't mind specking, but at the same time, it's drawn 10, so I don't want to touch that. I'm just all over the favourite at this stage. I know 250 is a little bit short, and last start, it was a little bit disappointing, but I'm willing to forgive that and go at it again. Okay, the fave, eh? Um, all right, Tommy, I like a little push for something at 81s. I like that. Um, all right, we'll pause and do a multi. All right, I'll go first. I've got two at Randwick and two at Mooney Valley. I'm just going to go with the fave in race three, Abel Willie. Um, I'm just going to fucking hope, hope for the best. Uh, it's even money. I'm going Yamazaki to place. I think Yamazaki can run a pretty good race. I think Dosh will win Mooney Valley race four. It's $3.10, and I'm chucking in the shorty in Forgot You, Mooney Valley race seven to win as well. You're getting uh, nearly 30 bucks for that. Tommy, what's your multi? Mate, I, I'm a bit similar to you. I've gone to in Sydney, to in Melbourne. I think Ravina in the last um, at Sydney will prove that um, big parade form to be pretty good. Uh, in the last, uh, I think Air to Air is great um, coming back uh, against an easier field, but you're getting $1.70 the place. I think you could go the win in it, but let's take the safety of $1.70. I think Zaki wins the um, WS Cox plate. Uh, it'd be a shame if these other two horses come out, but I, I think they've done a real disservice to themselves by not letting the um, the Japanese horse in. I mean, it's an international horse, has won Group Ones, and he's come down here to to run against our horses, and he's he's still been within within a couple of lengths of him, and them not letting him run. I think it's very um, it's kind of weird. It's very childish. Yeah, it's just for the sake of it, just to create headlines of them not allowing a horse in. I think a bottom on the backside if they they get these other two horses scratched. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's stupid. They're just trying to trying to turn people away for the sake of it. And I think the other one at the Mooney Valley as well is Elephant. Um, I think Buffalo River had a good win last start. In three weeks in a row, though, we we saw him first uh, the three run struggle. Um, and I think with a horse like Elephant, it could easily be in this cock plate. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good horse coming over from New Zealand. So I think you're getting 270 for it is a great price. So uh, with air to air the place, you're getting $34. So I think that's a nice little multi for your weekend. And in the Manicato, I would say just as a group one tip, I really like Sneaky 5. Me too. Of, of it's like nine nine fifty or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think so. it's got a massive chance. Uh, Loves the valley. Coey, multi? Uh, four-legger, boys. Um, we're going shooting up north first. Sir Warwick in Doombin, uh, race nine. Watch a couple of it. Well, it's last start. 
it just absolutely brains them for fun. Uh, I imagine it just repeats at 270. I'm going against Tommy with the uh, elephant tip. I think I, I was really impressed by Buffalo River the other day. and um, It's quite a lot of animals going just, around there. Oh, yeah, plenty of them, actually. Rhinoceros, like Buffalo the, River, elephant. It's going to be like the African safari down in Mooney Valley. Um, elephant beats Buffalo any day of the week, Cowie. Well, I can let you know uh, that yep. I, I recorded a, a Melbourne one with Nick earlier, and he went embolism, which is already it was seven bucks when we recorded it. It's five bucks now. Yeah, it's been smashed. Um, I just think that Buffalo liver, ri- liver? R- River will just lead and it'll just lead. And I just think I can't imagine anything else really pestering the lead for it. So I just think he gets it coasty up front and just goes, just keeps going. Yeah. And then, the yep. Uh, I, I haven't got a, a bet on the Cox plate yet, but now that I've kind of really weighed up the willow factor. I am just going to go with the J-Mac factor on Zaki. I think Zaki, yeah, three bucks, that's premium price, as Tommy touched on. I, I don't think it'll drift that much more. It might be 10 cents, 20 cents at most. I still think that it'll remain favourite, and I think it's just premium odds by that stage. And then, yeah, Gravina to win. I'm just crossing my fingers and toes that K-Mac can just, just ride it behind the leaders and just go bang in the last 100, 200 metres and just never look back. It's so, good fun having that those, sweat at the end of the day, isn't it? Uh, it it's not really good fun, Thomas. It's good. The adrenaline. <laughs> it, it, it depends. Depends how the rest of the day has gone. Because <laughs> if, if the rest of the day has just been poor and you're sweating on this one last leg at last, you know, last race at Randwick to just lob, it's it's not a good feeling. If, if you had a few wins in between, though, you're sweet. You could just go, yeah, I could just back something else if I have to. Yeah. Um, saying that, yeah, that'll give you about 70 bucks. So. Ooh, it's better than mine. Gamble, gamble responsibly. Of course. It's the main thing. Um, all right. Well, there's plenty happening. Manicato Friday night. Obviously, Cox Plate Day and obviously the couple of the invitation and Bondi and that. And then we got Golden Eagle next weekend. So, I love spring. Thank you, Thomas. On you, Zach. Melbourne Cup around the corner too. True. Uh, thank you, Coey. Go get yourself another another schooner. Sure there's Don't some greyhounds on. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'll find something UK or whatever the case might be. <laughs> All right. Thanks, boys. Cheers, lads. Eric.